Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland on News Talk. It's time to get into our industry review. So once the purview of the elites and the well-to-dos in society, wine and wine appreciation has become far more accessible and approachable in Ireland in recent years. There really is something out there for everybody with this in mind. I wanted to speak to three people in the know uh, and find out uh, how the realm of the sommelier has changed in Ireland in recent years and where the wine world might take us. So I'm delighted to be joined this morning to discuss the business of being a sommelier by Nicola Curran-Zamet. She's from the Two Cooks uh, over there in Salins. Philip Dunn joins us also. He's the founder of Vinspire Wine and Spirit Academy and he's also the group sommelier with the Doyle Collection. And finally, our third guest is uh, Morgan van der Kamer current president of the Irish Guild of Somaliers and the co-owner of the Union Wine Bar, Wine Bar and Kitchen down there in the lovely Watford. So we might start with you, Nicola. Um, firstly, would you tell us a little bit about you and your business and how you've embraced this world of wine? Hi, Bobby. Nice to chat to you. You too. So our business is Two Cooks in Salins. We're eight years old this year. And Salins is the mothership for us. We're, we're back in Kildare now after our summer in Wexford. We have another operation in Wexford. So we're launching our new menu with wines to match. We, I look after all of the wines in the restaurant and I come from the kitchen originally. So my background is as a chef for 20 years. So when we opened our own restaurant, Joseph stayed in the kitchen and I went front of house and I had to choose the wine myself. So I did a lot of work with my suppliers, went to all of the tastings. We do a lot of wine dinners with uh, winemakers. So they come to the restaurant and we meet them face to face and we see their product and we hear about all of the process. So I guess now we have it has changed a lot in the last couple of years. We have something for everyone. So we have our house wine offering and then we have the premium offering. So, as you said, something for everyone. Okay, And if I was to ask you, Nicola, I know you're big on uh, you pick your menu and then you pair the wine. Yes. uh, with the food on offer, that's got to be a skill set in itself in terms of your palate to be exactly. able to do that. Or, or can anybody do that with training or is that something gifted to a few of us? I think training and time, obviously, palate is very, very important. I have my palate has been highly trained over the years in the kitchen of continuous tasting. So that is very, very important. But we're all included in that process. So it's not just me. Everyone who works together, we would taste the dishes. When a new dish comes on the menu, we taste all of the components of the dish and we'd have a couple of wines lined up. So I choose the wines with the dishes in mind and the flavors in mind. So it's always about the food pairing when I'm putting the list together. And then when a new dish comes on, we'll have a couple of wines lined up and we will know if it's pickled, if it's fermented, if it's sweet, if it's sour, if it's roasted. We'll have a couple of wines in mind to pair. And, you know, we'll taste all the components of the dish. We'll taste the wine together. Mostly we nail it. Sometimes it goes horribly wrong. And that's why we, we have that process to make sure. Well done. Um, but it's really exciting. Yeah, no, that so. sounds great. Our second guest is Philip Dunn, uh, founder of Vinspire Wine and Spirit Academy. And he's also the group sommelier with the Doyle Collection. Uh, Philip, you're very welcome to the programme. Hi, Bobby. Thanks for having me on. Lovely to talk to you. Um, tell us about your wine journey, if you would, um, just so we can put you in context here with our other two guests. Yeah, uh, well, I started in Bang Restaurants when I was 18. A place I know um, well. 
Yeah, so that's where we met. That's where we met, <laughs> I think, 15 years ago. And um, so I was there for a few years and I was lucky to be given the opportunity to um, do my WSET qualifications, which is the formal wine and spirit qualifications that you would do um, through the restaurant. And then I started looking after the bar and the wine list then as well. So when I was 23, I went to, to Ashford Castle and I got a lucky break. I became the head sommelier there. Um, so they had a big investment in 2015, Ashford Castle, and had a brand new cellar as well. So hundreds of wines um, in the cellar. And then, you know, I had a great time there. I had a lot of success and came back to Dublin, moved to the Westbury as the head sommelier there. Um, and then... A year or two later, I became the group sommelier for the whole Doyle collection, which the Westbury is part of. So I look after eight hotels across the UK, Ireland and the US. So I do all their wine lists, um, training for the staff, uh, events like wine dinners, I'd set them up. And then just last year, I set up my own company called Inspire Academy, which offers the WSET qualifications. Again, just the formal wine and spirit qualifications. Um, so a lot of the hospitality trade and retail trade in Ireland will go on the courses and just drinks enthusiasts as well yeah. would enjoy them just to upskill. And I'd suggest, Philip, that you're pushing an open door in terms of when we look at the the employment and the staff shortages in hospitality, uh, the lack of trained staff. If you can provide training and again, you know, wine service is such an important part of, of fine dining, particularly, if you can provide that training, you, there's going to be a demand for your service. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the need for training is, you know, bigger than ever. And I think it kind of comes back to the consumers. They're becoming more educated or the guests in restaurants. They've become more educated as well, you know, especially since the lockdown. People did a lot of wine courses on Zoom and um, people became a lot more familiar with what, what they were drinking. So, you know, the challenge for restaurants and for, you know, the drinks retail trade is to make sure the staff is kind of up to par. Okay. Um, so, the, so the education that I provide and through my courses with Inspire Academy, um, you know, just makes you feel a lot more comfortable and confident and knowledgeable about, about the subject of wine. Okay, our last guest and waiting patiently to give us her views and her and her and uh, and did he tell us about her world of wine is Morgan uh, van der Kamer, current president of the Irish Guild of Somaliers, but also a co-owner of the Union Wine Bar and Grill, a bar and kitchen even in Waterford. Uh, Morgan, you're very welcome to the program. Thank you for having me, Bobby. How did you first get interested in wine, Morgan? Uh, about 20 years ago, I was uh, working for Fairmont Hotels in Canada um, and I saw a five, five star restaurant uh, back home in, in, the, in the Rockies, a very driven, focused team, chefs, sommeliers working together. Um, and at that time in, in the utmost silence, very focused and driven. And I thought there's something in that. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about the business of being a sommelier here today. And could I ask you, Morgan, that if, if a restaurant has an identified specialist sommelier, it probably says that they're serious about wine, does it? It's a statement of intent. Yeah, I, <clears throat> I definitely think focusing when a restaurant focuses on a on a beverage program and is employing a sommelier or a sommelier team, um, they are there is a big investment there along with food, and I think that that it's a it's a trilogy effect. There you have you have the food, 
you have the beverage program. Uh, yeah. Sommeliers are not just wine. Um, it, it extends far beyond that. And then, of course, service. And, and we're part of that execution of food and wine together. Yeah. Um, when, when, you, when, you, when you, one of my big problems with wine is my memory. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's because it's such a vast, bottomless pit in terms of knowledge, in terms of the range. And what do you say to people who maybe don't want to, you know, conquer the world, but I find it impossible to remember wines. Is there any tips that you can give me that would improve my knowledge? Because my memory on other things isn't bad. I, I think when uh, when guests are seated at a restaurant table and, of course, when you're looking, could be a, a small, concise wine list or something much more vast, um, not only is it taking away from, you know, discussing or talking with your, your other guests at the table, but it can be daunting. And I think that's the, the beauty of being a sommelier is being able to extract a few answers from your guests, what they usually drink. They'll know Malbec or, you know, yeah. and then you want to surprise them with something, with something new. And quite often we're just looking for, for laterals and, and that's bringing our knowledge to the table, you know. Yeah, very, very good. Very interesting as well. Uh, Nicola, um, when, we, when you, you, you were talking there about designing the wine list uh, for the two cooks and indeed your restaurant in, in Wexford, um, the, do you need to be very careful in terms of stocking wines? Like some expensive wines, you know, if they're not selling, it's a very expensive business to, to, to have to purchase wines uh, that aren't rotating through the restaurant. And how do you get over that? Yeah, well, you have to plan ahead. Obviously, you would buy smaller quantities of the, of the more expensive ones. But luckily, unlike food, they have a better shelf life. Yeah. Um, but you'd have a fair idea. Christmas time, you're going to have a little bit higher spend. You know, you'd have more reds around wintertime, more whites. You know, have your, your beautiful rosés during the summertime. So I guess it's habit as well. You get used to what people would like to have. You have special events coming up, but I keep my stock fairly tight. I have my staples that I know that everybody loves. And then I ask my suppliers for what's new as the menu's changing. You know, I'm looking for what's new and exciting. And I guess I learn from, you know, every vintage what's available, what's, but I I keep it tight enough and and, um, it's just pre-planning. Uh, Philip, could you have a view on that in terms of how you get the stock levels right? Yeah, I think um, just it's, you see what's selling, Bobby. You kind of have to know your 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 guests, your customers, your clientele, what style of restaurant you are. Um, you know, if you're a steakhouse restaurant, you'll probably sell you know a lot of red wine in a particular style. But I suppose understanding what your guests want. Uh, if you're if you're going to if you're going to buy very expensive bottles, probably um, like like Nicholas said, just you know, be careful with how many you buy. Just yeah. maybe a few bottles at a time. See how it goes, and then and then dive back in and buy buy some more. A lot of wines are on allocation every year as well, so they're very hard to get. Short supply of them, you know. Uh, so you might need to to buy them when they come out as well. Yeah, and um, there's loads of texts coming in. I'll get to them in a second, but keep them coming in. Five three one zero six and our. Our, our wine gurus here are sommeliers. And as Morgan reminded me, it's sommelier is so much more than, than just wine. Um, <clears throat> Morgan, in, in terms of um, the qualification, uh, uh, Philip mentioned it there, WSET. Can you just tell me a little bit about 
how one would go about uh, getting a qualification around wine. I suppose there's a number of different avenues that you can that you can can go down. So there is the WSCT. There's also the Court of Master Sommeliers. If you're looking down the the formal routes of of education, a lot of it starts within a restaurant as well. I think, um, and as I've mentioned at the beginning, when you see somebody, when you see a sommelier in action, and then you know you're just watching their movements on the floor, <clears throat> how they interact with guests as far as food and wine pairings go. As you as you delve more into that, I think then you start down those routes of education. But I think a, a lot of what's happening in house in in within restaurants and the informal side of it is kind of what plants the seed for a lot of people. And then they choose their their route. Either they're going WSCT or if they go with the quartermaster sommeliers, they might be in a more service focused role. Okay, you're also a Star Wine List ambassador. Tell me what that is. Uh, so Star Wine List was created in, in Stockholm and um, on just this past Monday we had the inaugural uh, Star Wine List of the Year for Ireland Awards. As far as the ambassador role is... Um, this is the Michelin star equivalent of, of, of wine, isn't it? I, I suppose so too. If you were to draw a parallel. Yes, yeah, I think so, yeah. And, okay. Um, not that I'm said to be nominating who's, who's got the Michelin guide but uh, of wine list, but um, it doesn't. And I think the importance of star wine list, it's, it's, a global, it's a global wine community. Then when you bring it to Ireland and you're focusing on the hard work of sommeliers, I think it's important that, yeah. that focus but on wine. But clearly it's a there. mark and those in the know would say, you know, if somebody is a Star Wine List ambassador, these people are serious about their wine. I'm going to get a good wine there or a good wine experience there. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think that's that's important for for sommeliers and that's what we're we're aiming to do now and it's this, the role is coming much more to the surface in Ireland and I think everyone just wants to get all of their guests drinking really good wine yeah. in their restaurants. I, I said I'd get to a couple of texts uh, and maybe you might help me with them if you would. And uh, We might start with you, Nicola. Um, could you ask your panel for a good recommendation for a nice wine for a wedding for about 80 people? Don't want to break the bank, but don't want any old plonk. That comes in from Karen. <laughs> what would you say to Karen, Nicola? Um, well, I would get a tasting together. I'd taste two or three wines. The thing with wines are, I suppose you want a crowd pleaser for a big group like that. You don't yeah. want to go something that's too left of centre that you might absolutely love, but the crowd might not love. So, so I would just... bring the couple in for maybe get them to bring two friends with them or parents or someone who's involved who would be, I suppose, the general consensus. So they're choosing for the crowd. So I would always go for a crowd pleaser for something like that. But give them two or three to taste different price points, different grape varieties, and maybe consider the menu as well. Great suggestion. And again, if if it was if it was a dad in in, in my case, it might be the fellow who might be paying for it. So it might be <laughs> might be worth involving sure. him as well. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Here's one for you, Philip. Um, can you ask your guests why do restaurants always ask you to taste the wine before they start pouring? That's from Jerry. Well, it's it's to check the condition of the wine. It's just an old an old practice still in place, I suppose. Um, you know, as a, a service etiquette, but it's it's not to check if you like the wine or you you know you don't like the wine. You know, you can send it back if you didn't like it. It's really just to check the quality or check the condition. Sorry, of the of the wine. Do you think it's a, Do you think it's something that 
is maybe past its sell bite. In terms of, if you say it's an old practice and it, yeah. it, it like you don't really want to be giving people a, an avenue to complain, do you? No, no. I think uh, I know. I think it's here to stay anyway. I think it's going to continue. Um, I think it's important to check that the wine isn't going to be corked. You know, it's gonna, yeah. it doesn't smell tainted. Um, so. No, I think it's probably a good thing that it that it's it's still around. And um, sometimes the sommelier tastes this instead. If you go to a certain type of restaurant, the sommelier will do that for you. May offer you a taste also, but the sommelier will have a taste. Uh, but it's it's probably important, yeah. And it's, okay. it's, it's here to say one for you, Morgan. Around organic wines, uh, are they less likely to give you a hangover um, in terms of no chemical additives or anything like that? What, what's your thoughts on organic wines? Um. I, for my own wine list at Union, <clears throat> pardon me, I I do have organic and biodynamic wines. Um, I would say that it probably comes down to the volume of those wines <laughs> that you're drinking. Um, if you're thinking hangover, I think you might be right. <laughs> but uh, I think on the other side of um, you know the farming practices and that and all that leads into organic wines, um, it has you know um, there's something in that as well. But I think it's separate to the hangover yeah and in terms then of getting people interested in wine nicola we've we've looked you know if we look at the evolution of you know where we are with wine now from the days of black tower and blue non like we really have come a huge way is 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 our journey endless in that sense Absolutely endless and ever changing and the beauty of the tasting menu that that we do the pairing is you can offer the customer something a little bit different, like an orange wine, for example, um, they were in fashion or, or, you know, something that's a bit more natural. Yeah. Maybe the customer won't commit to a full bottle because it can be quite expensive, but it's exciting for them just to have a small taste paired with a dish. And then they might think next time I'm going to order the full bottle, you yeah. know, so they don't have to commit to a full bottle. They can try lots of different varieties and maybe just a little bit outside of their comfort zone and say, you know, next time I'll try something new by the bottle. Okay, great Just advice. tasting and trying different things, yeah. Okay, well, it's been a riveting discussion, one that I'm very interested in. I'm going to try and improve my knowledge uh, about remembering wines again. I always say I'll do this, but I always forget. So I want to thank my guests uh, for a great discussion on sommeliers. Uh, Nicola Kearns-Amott uh, from Two Cooks and Salons, Philip Dunn from Finspire Wines, and Morgan uh, van der Kamer, uh, the current president of the Irish Guild of Sommeliers and the co-owner of Union Wine Bar and Kitchen in Waterford. Thank you all very much. Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland. Saturday morning at 11 on News Talk.